our Bibles to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 5. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 to 5. Second Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 to 5. You are there, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. As if you are happy to be in church this morning, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody is not shouting. The choristers are busy opening their bags. They are not shouting hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 to 5, I read. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul, that I may show the kindness of God unto him. And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodibar. Then king David said, I mean, sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The topic we are going to be discussing very briefly this morning is what I call alive but crippled. What did I say? Alive. alive but crippled. The passage that we have just read is one that quite a number of us are very familiar with. It talks about the story of Mephibosheth, who was the son of Jonathan. In other words, he was a grandson of King Saul. And because David had an agreement with Jonathan, David had a covenant with Jonathan, that even after, even after you have gone, so long as I become the king, I will do good unto your household. And so one day, I believe the Lord spoke to the heart of David. And David woke up and said, isn't there somebody that is a child of, that is a son of, of, of Jonathan to whom I can do good, to whom, through whom I can make right the covenant I made? And I pray that today somebody will remember you. Amen. Someone that has an agreement that will lift you up in life will remember you today in Jesus' name. Amen. David remembered Jonathan that day. He remembered the covenant he made with Jonathan. And he said, there must be someone I can help. And indeed, there was someone he could help. And I speak concerning someone here today. You will receive your own help. Amen. Your helper will find you. Amen. Your helper will not rest until he or she helps you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so the Bible says, David sent. And the boy Mephibosheth, or the man, as the case may be, was called. He was brought forth. There was only one problem with Mephibosheth. And what was that problem? 
He was lame. But Mephibosheth was not born a lame man. He was born like any other child. He was born with everything that God endowed for with every child. And he grew up a normal child in the palace of the king. But when Mephibosheth was five years old, pandemonium struck. The day, the same day his father died was the day his grandfather died. And of course that meant what? The king was dead. The heir to the throne was what? Was dead. So there was pandemonium in the palace. They couldn't, I mean, they couldn't say what will happen with all things that have occurred. So everybody scrambled to run. In the process, the person that was taking care of Mephibosheth carried him. And as she was taking him away, what happened to him? He fell. He was normal. Everything was fine with him. But that day he fell. And when he fell, he became lame from that day onwards. In 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Samuel chapter 4. The Bible says, And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame on his, of his feet. Now the Bible tells us the story. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled. And as it came to pass, as she made haste to flee, that he did what? He fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. So you see, the person that tried to help him, in actual fact, there was really no danger to the life of that boy. The only thing that had happened is that his father was dead. And his grandfather was dead. Nobody was going to kill the boy. The boy was safe. And brethren, how often have we tried to protect ourselves? And in the process, we have ended up doing what? Becoming injured. How often have our parents tried to protect us? And in the process of protecting us, they've given us problems to address for the rest of our lives. It was not intended. They thought they were helping us. But they ended up inflicting pain upon us. They thought they were helping us. But at the end of the day, they ended up giving us loads to carry for the rest of life. If you happen to be in that situation today, the Lord will set you free in Jesus' name. The Lord will fight for you in Jesus' name. On this journey of life, brethren, many have been legitimately injured. And for anyone in such a situation, the touch of God is needed that such a one might faithfully and successfully navigate this journey through to the end. The nurse wanted to help Mephibosheth. But she ended up giving him a, 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 another battle that he fought for the rest of his life. And brethren, because from that day onwards, Mephibosheth became lame. The consequences of his lameness were with him until he died. So we see that he was, I mean, the, the, the plan was to help him. But it ended up being a problem for him for life. There was a young man similar to the case of Mephibosheth. Whom someone tried to help. 
at a tender age in life. And we see that in the process of helping him, he was helped to fulfill destiny. You will fulfill destiny in Jesus' name. I said you will fulfill destiny in Jesus' name. That young man I'm talking about is a man by name Joash. In 2 Kings chapter 11, 2 Kings chapter 11, from verse 1 to 4, the Bible tells us a story. And what was that story? There was a woman named Ataleah. She was the mother of a king in Judah called Ahaziah. Ahaziah went to Israel to, come, I mean, to visit the king of Israel. Unfortunately for him, the time of the visit was when there was a coup. The king had just been overthrown. And when Jehu, the man that overthrew the king, saw the king of Judah coming to visit the king of Israel, what did he do? He killed him too. So the king of Israel was killed and the king of Judah was killed. And when the mother of the king of Judah saw that her son has been killed, what did she do? She took all her grandchildren. And she did what? She killed them. It's in the Bible. I'm not telling a story. It's in the Bible. 2 Kings chapter 1. From verse 1. When Ataliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and did what? She destroyed all the seed royal. She killed all her grandchildren. So that she could become the queen. That was all she did. But in the process, one of her daughters, one of her daughters took the last born of King Ahaziah and she hid him. And when she took this boy, the boy was one year old. So you see, it's a similar story. The nurse of Mephibosheth took him and ran away with him when there was no problem. There was no one chasing them. But in the process, she made him what? A cripple. The, 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 the sister of Joash's father, what do you call him? What do you call her rather? An aunt? She was the sister of his father. And what? Okay, so my English is still good. So she took him, she protected him. The Bible says the boy was one year old. And she hid him in the temple. While the grandmother made herself the queen because she thought there was nobody of the house of David that could be king again. The boy was hidden in the temple for six years. And at the seventh year, when he became seven years old, he was made the king. So you see the case of two helpers. One helper, in the presence of trying to help the young man, unfortunately, the man became a cripple. The other helper, in the presence of trying to help that little boy when he was a year old, she succeeded at helping him. She hid him until he was seven years old and he became what? The king. He was made king in Judah. He became the youngest king that reigned in the land. And he reigned successfully with the guidance of the priest that led him through as he grew. I pray for someone here today. Your helper will not drop you. Amen. I pray for someone once again. Your helper will not make you lame. Amen. 
That woman, brethren, she had good intention. But she didn't help the young man to achieve destiny. But the aunt of Joash that took him up, she also had good intention. And the destiny of Joash eventually was scraped, I mean, was fulfilled. No wonder the Bible says that vain is the help of man. Vain is the help of man. No wonder the scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 9. It said, he will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. In other words, even if somebody wants to help you, but God has not assigned the person to help you, the person may end up doing what? Compounding your problems. That is what happened to Mephibosheth. The woman that wanted to help him ended up making him a cripple. It wasn't her plan. But that was the outcome. I pray for you once again. Your helper will not cripple you. Yeah. I say your helper will not cripple you. Yeah. The help that will make you to achieve destiny. The help that will make you to fulfill destiny. God will send unto you in Jesus' name. Yeah. The crippled position of Mephibosheth was not cured. For, for all that we know in the scriptures, he was lame until he died. He was a privileged lame man. What did I say? He was a privileged lame man. But brethren, a privileged lame man is still what? He's still a lame man. That was exactly what happened to him. It's like when Joseph got to the prison. The Bible says the head of the prisoners, the one in charge, saw that there was something different about this prisoner. He saw that God was with him. He committed all the other prisoners into the hand of Joseph. But brethren, the head prisoner is still what? He's still a prisoner. He had all the privileges in the prison, but he couldn't come out. His freedom was limited. I pray for you today. Whatever is limiting your freedom in life, whatever is limiting your destiny, God will address this afternoon in Jesus' name. The Bible makes us to understand in 2 Samuel chapter 16 that when the son of David rose up against him, when Absalom rose up against David, and David was running away from his son, in chapter 16, verse 1, the Bible says, When David was a little past the top of the hill, behold, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, met him with a couple of asses saddled, and upon them 200 loaves of bread, and a hundred bunches of raisins, and a hundred summer fruits, and a bottle of wine. So the, the servant of Mephibosheth brought all those goodies unto David when he was running away from his son. And David said, what, mean, what do you mean by all these things? And said, oh, I have brought them that the king may have sustenance. Even as the king was, is running away from his son. What was he trying to do? 
He was trying to get the favor of the king. And the king said, why is your master? The king asked him of Mephibosheth, his crippled or his lame master. What was Ziba's response? So that you see the heart of men. In verse 3. And the king said, where is thy master's son? This master here is referring to Saul. And he's talking of Mephibosheth. And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he abided in Jerusalem. For he said, Today shall the house of Israel restore me the kingdom of my father. Was he telling the truth? The only reason he could do that, brethren, was because Mephibosheth was what? He was lame. Mephibosheth was dependent on the help of others. He was dependent on the help of his servant. But his servant had made up his mind that either by crook or by force, like we normally say, that he wanted to obtain his own freedom at the expense of this young man. Simply because he was lame. And David had. David did not think twice. He told Ziba, Behold, in verse 4, Thine are all that pertain unto Mephibosheth. And Ziba was happy. He said, I humbly beseech thee that I might find grace in thy sight, O Lord my King. And brethren, there are many men like Ziba. There are many men that will take advantage of your deficiencies. That will, there are many men that will take advantage of your lameness. And except God intervenes and fights for you, the battle is lost because of those men. But I want to give somebody an assurance today. God will fight for you. Yeah. I say God will fight for you. Yeah. At that time that things were difficult with, 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 uh, uh, with David, he didn't even think twice. He said, everything that belongs to Mephibosheth, I hereby give it unto you, Ziba. And Ziba was excited. He said, I've achieved my purpose. But the truth will eventually come out. Because Mephibosheth was not someone like that. The Bible says in verse 24 of 2 Samuel chapter 17. 2 Samuel chapter 19, verse 24. 2 Samuel chapter 19, verse 24. And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king. And had neither dressed his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor washed his clothes, from the day the king departed until the day he came again in peace. You see what happened? Mephibosheth told Ziba, saddle the ass. We are going to follow the king on exile. The king has give, made me a privileged man. I will not abandon the king in his time of sorrow. What did Ziba do? He saddled the donkeys. He put all the provision that his master had provided. He jumped on the donkeys and he left his master behind. And not only that, he came before the king and he lied unto him. Verse 27. Mephibosheth was speaking. He said, He had slandered thy servant unto my lord the king. He said, But my lord the king is an angel of God. Do what is good in your eyes. And look at what David said in verse 29. He said, And the king said unto him, Why speakest thou any more of thy matters? I have said, Thou and Ziba divide the land. If you remember, was that what David said? Can you think of what? He, did he say they should divide the land? 
What, what did he say? So he, David himself was an unstable man. He was what? He was an unstable man. When Ziba came to him and lied about his master, he said, everything that he has, I give to you. When, he, when Mephibosheth came back and said, and this is what happened, he said, well, I have said, you and him, go and divide the land. He changed his mind. That wasn't what he said. But the man said, I'm not interested in the land. I'm still a lame man. I can't even let him take it. So long as my Lord, the king, is alive and is safe. That was the type of person that Mephibosheth is. And I know there is someone here today, the, the enemy has taken advantage of your goodness. The enemy has looked at you and said, oh, that one, he is good, he is nice. We know what we are going to do. But God will arise and fight for you. I said, God will arise and fight for you. When David, told, uh, when David spoke unto Mephibosheth and said, whatever belongs to your master, I give it unto you. Mephibosheth thought, I have won. I have gained everything. But when the king came back, he changed his, his word. He said, go and divide it. But you know what will happen in your own situation? It will be like the case of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus said, everything I have taken by deceit, I do what? I take it back. How many fold? He said, fourfold. Zacchaeus said, if I have taken anything by deceit, I return it fourfold. Whatever has been taken from you, you will take back in multiple fold. Whatever the enemy has stolen from you, you will take back in multiple fold in the name of Jesus. Ziba thought he had won the battle, but he was a loser. And I speak to somebody's life here today. Whosoever thinks they have had the upper hand concerning your life, God will fight for you. God will give you victory in the name of Jesus. I said Mephibosheth was a lame man with privileges. When you go to 2 Samuel chapter 21 verse 7, there's a story before that. The Bible says the Gibeonites, they were a group of people that met Joshua uh, uh, when the children of Israel got to the promised land and they tricked Israel not to kill them. But Joshua made a pronouncement that will not kill you, but you are going to be hewers of wood and I mean, you are going to be servants in the house of God. And they said, no problem, so long as we live. But the Bible says in the time of Saul, Saul became very zealous. And he killed some of the Gibeonites. And God was not happy. Why? Because God is a covenant-keeping God. And I want to assure someone here today, every covenant God has with you, it shall come to pass. I say it shall come to pass. It doesn't matter how it looks. If God could be angry because of the Gibeonites, who were not even children of Israel, how much more you and I that are covenant children of God, that are children of God because of the blood that was shed upon the cross of Calvary. The Bible says because of the way Saul dealt with the Gibeonites, what happened? There was famine in the land. And so when David went and inquired of the Lord, why is there famine? What have we done wrong? And the Lord said, it's because of the way Saul treated the Gibeonites. So David went to the Gibeonites, what do you want? 
They said, we don't want anything. But the seven children of the man that did that harm to us, we want them to be harmed. And at that point in time, Mephibosheth would have been among those that were harmed on the tree. But look at what the Bible says. In 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 7. 2 Samuel 21, verse 7. It says, But the king speared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because of the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. So, Mephibosheth was a privileged lame man, but he was still what? A lame man. And his lameness had consequences. What are some consequences of being lame? The first consequence of being lame is that you are at the mercy of others. In other words, others will determine your fate. Others will determine where they put you. Others will determine what happens to you. If that is your situation, God will take back your, your glory and give it to you today in Jesus' name. In the book of Acts chapter 3 verse 2 to 3, Acts chapter 3 verse 2 to 3, we see the story of another lame man. The Bible says, a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. He was lame from his mother's womb. And so he couldn't go anywhere. Wherever he would go, he had to be what? He had to be carried. I want to pray for someone here today. If anyone will carry you, it is God. In other words, I pray for you, God will carry you. I say God will carry you. When God carries you, you are not at the mercy of man. When God carries you, men will not determine your face. When God carries you, your future is not in the hands of any man. That's why the Bible says, when a man's face pleases the Lord, what does he do? He makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. If your ways will please the Lord today, those who are after your life, those who are after your career, those who are after your academics, those who are after your husband, those who are after your wife, God will fight them. Yeah. I say God will fight them. Yeah. That's what it means. When the Bible says he makes his enemies to be at peace with him, it means it's either they stop fighting you or what happens to them? They die. And brethren, nobody wants to die. Do you realize that? The wicked are the ones that hate, that are afraid of death the most. I pray for you once again, God will fight for you. A lame person lives at the mercy of others. The man we saw at the beautiful gate, the Bible says he was there every time asking for arms. He couldn't fend for himself. He couldn't take care of himself. He was at the mercy of others, begging for arms. The third thing about a lame person is that a lame man, a lame woman is stagnant. Is what? He's stagnant. He's stagnant. Wants to move, cannot move. Wants to move forward, but is hindered. A lame man is stagnant. You will not be stagnant in Jesus' name. I said you will not be stagnant in Jesus' name. 
Whatever stands for stagnation in your life and in your situation, God himself will uproot today in Jesus' name. A layman needs healing to move forward. He needs what? Healing to move forward. That lameness could be visible or invisible. But either the lameness is visible or invisible, the impact will be seen. You just, rea you just realize that where others put in very little effort and succeed, you put in a lot of effort and yet success is wanting. It's because there is a lameness that needs to be addressed in your life. You just realize that one, the, the journey you start, that when you start the journey, it looks as if what you want is at hand. It's just for you to stretch out your hand and, and, and take it. And yet the journey of one month has become one year, has become two years, has become three years. There is a lameness that needs to be addressed. And God will address it today in Jesus' name. That lameness needs healing. The lameness of Mephibosheth was not healed. And we see that even though he was privileged, he lost everything. You will not lose everything. I say you will not lose everything. In other words, you could find yourself in a situation where I'm a Christian. Yes, you are a Christian. If you die, you will make heaven. Yes, you will make heaven. But then you will not fulfill the plan and purpose of God for you and us because of that lameness. But you are born to fulfill destiny. You are here because you fulfill destiny. And you fulfill that destiny in Jesus' name. If only the day that Mephibosheth came to the palace of David, if only God had met with him and healed him, wouldn't his history have been different? Will his history not have been different? You know, Solomon said something. He said, I have seen an evil under the sun. He says, servants are doing what? They are riding on horses. And what are the princes doing? They are walking. Is that not what happened to Mephibosheth? He was a prince. He was left behind. He wasn't even walking. He was laying on the ground, if that is the correct English. But the servant saddled the donkeys, went upon it, and went and presented himself as royalty before the king. And I want you to begin to ask yourself this morning or this afternoon, what is that lameness in my life? What is that lameness in my situation? What is that lameness that God needs to, be, to address? Maybe you don't even know. You know, it's possible you don't know. You need to be asking yourself, God, reveal to me whatever be a source of lameness in my life. You just find out that you are doing a wonderful job. And everybody says, oh, that sister is excellent. Oh, that brother is excellent. Oh, she's the best worker in this place. Oh, he's the best worker in this place. But when promotion comes, what happens? What happens? They continue saying you are good, but they take somebody that is below you and make the person your boss. And they keep saying you are good. 
They keep saying you are good. They might even tell you that without you, this department will crumble. But when it's time to, to get us uh, somebody in charge, they go and bring the person from outside. And when the person comes, the first thing they will say is, oh, you see this young man? Oh, he's the best employee here. Ah, that is a lameness. Oh. God will set you free today in Jesus' name. That's why I said lameness could be, could be, it could be physical that we can see, but it could be spiritual. It could be spiritual. Every other thing looks beautiful. It's like the city of Jericho. Say, oh, behold, my master, this city is pleasant. The water, I mean, everything is good, but the, the land is barren, and in the water there's what? There's dead. And yet, everything looks beautiful. Isn't that the case of many of us? There is a lameness we are contending with that is holding us down, that is preventing us from fulfilling destiny. Today, God will address it in Jesus' name. Maybe your own situation is you fought the battle. The plan of the enemy was to kill you, but you did not die. Thank God you are still alive. Tell somebody, thank God you are still alive. But the issue is beyond being alive, the enemy has injured you. You are alive with a wound that needs to be cured. God will cure that wound today in Jesus' name. I say, God will cure that wound today in Jesus' name. Amen. The lame man needs healing that the person might move forward. That lame man at the beautiful gate, Peter looked at him and said, silver and gold I don't have. But what I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, do what? Rise up and walk. And I speak to somebody's life here, here today. That in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Every lameness in your life, receive fire in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whatever stands for lameness in your life, I say receive fire in Jesus' name. Maybe it's like the case of uh, Naaman. He was a captain in the, in the king's army. He was a general. Everything was going for him. But he was a leper. That was a lameness in his life. That limited where he could live. That limited what he could do. He needed an encounter with God. You are here for an encounter with God today. I say you are here for an encounter with God today. I say you are here for an encounter with God today. God will touch you in the name of Jesus. Once that man, the Bible says, Peter took him by the right hand. In Acts chapter 3 verse 7. He lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And what did the man do? He stood up. He walked. He entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Like we observed at the end of our workers' meeting this morning, this is the last week of the first quarter. Is that not so? And I know there's someone here that for the rest of this year, you will walk, you will jump. You will live and you will praise God. For the rest of this year, every day, you will have reasons to give thanks to God in the name of Jesus. For the rest of this year, because of the touch of God upon your life, you will have celebrations in the name of Jesus. 